Hello and welcome to The Haunted. I'm Freddie Young. I'm an electrician in a past life. And I'm Vanessa Mitchell, former armour of the cage, St. Ozith, mother <laughs> to two sons. Your position, and that's what your I position am. never wavers. No, nope, doesn't waver. Hello, one and all. All. How is everyone? <laughs> what's happening? What's going on? What you're saying? What you're doing? So, um, last week, you will remember if you listened that we spoke very briefly about a, a lion in my garden. Mm. Well, we're here with an update. We're here with an update for you all. If anyone was interested, if if you're not, you're getting one anyway. So here it is. <laughs> the glasses come off, ready. Literally, I took right, my glasses off. Right, when he takes off, his ready. glasses off, we know he's actually really serious. He means this because he can't see anything, so <laughs> he... He relies on his words to see him through. So, um, lion. Like a mole. A bit like a mole. Yeah. Um, yeah, Freddie and the mole. No, moles are... Oh, no. that's a bit gangsterish. Yeah, a bit gangsterish. Don't mm. say, don't put that out into the yeah, world. Yeah, because he's not brave enough for gangster stuff. No, no, listen. I'll poison anybody, but I won't shoot someone. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> um, I hear hemlock. No, do you know? Do you know what I? Do you know what I? Do you know what I think the perfect murder is? Right. I've oh, got them. Donating a salad to the village fate, but putting rhubarb leaves in it. Oh, are they really poisonous? Cyanide. Oh, now I've always thought a good murder is to get somewhere around the house if it's an old person, or, or you know, I don't even know. Why I'm actually saying this, but then cook them chicken breast frozen and don't cook it properly. And I accidentally once poisoned Mike's fiance like this, completely by accident. And he was so, so ill for like four or five days, but he was a power pack, massive man when I was back in my twenties. And he was so, so ill. And I remember thinking, he thought actually I did it deliberately, but oh, 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 oh. I remember well. thinking it was an old person that had died. Not that I no, advocate listen, in no, any but, way. No, but you know, with things like that is there's the risk that they get well again. Oh. You got the old classic of a frozen piece of meat, yeah. clubbing them to death and then cooking it. Yeah, but that that's been done and dusted. We're forensics these days. I think we need to work on our murder methods. No, but no, because no, but mine would be completely random. That's if I went on a serial killer, mad plot, mad one. Mm. Because you know who's going to eat the salad? You can't guarantee unless there's a vegan. And if you wanted to kill the vegan. Let's feed them rhubarb leaves. <laughs> Packed full of cyanide, highly, highly poisonous. Um, Basically, Belladonna. That's you, another good one. If you ever come round, don't eat the salad. Don't eat Ooh. the salad when I've got a barbecue. Obviously, don't trust us. Don't, 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 don't trust us because I'll probably have a look. Anyway, uh, we digress. As per. We will talk now about my lion. Now, the lion. We've had a look. We've had a think. We've had a thought. We've done some research. And we're going to give you maybe a little bit more of the backstory. Mm. So, I've obviously moved into a new home. And I now have a beautiful garden. This beautiful garden, however, 
is a little bit bare. So I thought, oh, I'll have a look, see if I can find some nice ornaments, some nice statues and stuff to, to fill the space, to give the garden some life. I find the most, it's, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful, beautiful statue on Facebook Marketplace for five pounds. I go and pick this, I, I keep, Going back to it and thinking about this interaction more and more, I go, I go to this house along the seafront, a beautiful house. I turn up. The man is outside with the lion ready on a kind of um, sack barra. I was going to say gurney. Or but... gurney, you know, either or. <laughs> but no, it's the sack And he said to me, this lion has been in this house since the 1930s. I've just bought this house and the previous owner told me that it must stay, that it cannot leave. Mm. Warning. But I can't keep it here anymore. My dog does not stop barking at it. Well, the bargain hunter in me was like, well, it's a fiver and it's a lovely statue. I'll have it. Put it in my car. Let's stop all you carrying on. But the more I think about it, the more that the whole interaction was very, very oh, strange. No. You, no, hold on a sec. You didn't think about it. The more stuff started happening, the more you thought about it. Well, so I've taken it home. It's in my garden. Still is in my garden. And it still is a beautiful statue. Now, my new home... It's a relatively new house, isn't it? It's yeah. It's it's not a new build, but it's not an old build. <laughs> it's an in between. You know, you wouldn't go into it and instantly think, "Oh, you know, this has got a history. There's something not quite right." But the last couple of days, so I'm off um, as we're recording this for half term. Take from that what you will. So I've been at home on my own. And there have been occasions that it sounds like very, very clearly that either someone is either in downstairs, downstairs hallway or trying to get into the front door. Mm. Now, I've got a ring doorbell. So when I hear this noise, I instantly think, oh, someone's getting in the house. But the ring doorbell says otherwise, because I can see right outside my door. Um something is very not okay something is something has changed and something's not right now when these things happen there's a real change in atmosphere now if the people that are listening to this are believers in the paranormal uh, which i hope you all are or maybe you're skeptics but you're kind of questioning i you know i don't know i'm not going to question your belief system but you will understand and appreciate when I say that there is a complete change yeah. in atmosphere. And like I said to you before we went doing this, um, you said it, it puts the fear of God. And I said, is it is it your sixth sense kicking in your instinct? And you said to me, yes, it is. There's just something that's it's, scaring me. You know, there's a difference between, you know, kids playing. You know, if someone knocks on your door, you don't instantly think, oh, what's that? But there's an there's an instant feeling, there's an instant fear, the atmosphere changes, something's not right, something's not okay, 
Is it the lion? Is it something I already own? Is it just me? Is it the house? That you Is bought? it the I house? Mean, I don't know, but it's... Is it... There's, there's a plethora of questions that this rises. Um, we do not have the answers as of yet. But... My the, instinct is... The, the lion... There's something There's something possibly. suspicious. There's something not quite right here with the lion. Now, the man, when I went to pick it up from him, spoke in a huge amount of detail about how unique it was, about how old it was. About where it was manufactured. Where, you know, how interesting it was. Now, listen, I've, done, I've literally, all I had to do was type in a description, a very brief description, of this on, on Google. And it is um, Lion Statue of Ram's Head. And I promise you the exact one comes up. Now, are you telling me that man never done that? That yeah. he, he, If it's that unusual to him, are you telling me he never once thought, oh, well, he I should He would not go have known the details and the year and age that it was manufactured and all those details if he hadn't Googled it. It would be impossible. You're not born with that type of memory. So he must have had research on it. So what leads us to believe, if he had that type of research on it, he must have known its value. And as we said last week, the same statue in a real shitty condition was worth £500. I bought it from this man in a much better condition for a fiver. I couldn't go to B&M or Home Bargains and buy anything worth anything worth having for a fiver. Mm. A bottle of bleach is a quid. So you're telling me that for five bottle of five bottles of bleach, this man has sold me an 1850s stone carved lion. Yeah. Well, it means I, that some things. If it doesn't make sense, it doesn't make sense. Now there's a there's a trigger there for any normal human being, and that's what I said to you in the first place. Mm. We question it at the moment, so we. We're not selling it just yet, but listen, if you want to buy it, just let me know. You can have it. Um, we're going to keep it for a little while. We're going to experiment. We're going to see. And I think that we will do some actual physical experiments with Well, with my the exact words, um, again tonight for Freddie Word, if you gave it to me as a gift, even though what it's worth, I would not have it in my property, in my land, for any money in the world, I wouldn't have it. Some things are not worth a risk. And I know that through the cage and through through my past experiences. But, I mean, I know you thought it was a great trade. Me, I, I'm just, listen, we just, it, it's a story to go on, isn't it? It's, well, listen, it's the new Annabelle. Fred's lion. It's the new Annabelle. Well, I mean. Whoever's garden it lands in, good luck. Well, it's, but it's currently in mine. Yeah, well, it's going to be yours for longer because it's ridiculous. Well, I, w I would say from my experiences from the last two days, I'm uncomfortable. I just think don't bring shit upon yourself if you don't have to. Yeah, but there's, in that moment, I didn't enough. even think. Didn't I, even I know think. you didn't. I just, just... That's a good trade. This and a fiver for that. Happy days, yeah. That's the that's the Dale boy in me, the wheeler dealer in me, thinking. And I get that and I understand it, but Jesus, there was enough trigger warnings. But anyway, listen, it's just a position, and it's weird we do this podcast anyway. But th this is completely genuine. 
It is something we'll oh, talk about off and, and, I'll, and actually and argue I'll, I'll, about. I'll, I'll I... post a picture of me lion. Yeah. Yeah, you need to do that so people will see. But... And listen, and some people might be able to get a feel from it. Some you might actually that's that's you know that's a point. Yeah. I will post it I will post it on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, the whole lot. I'll do the shebang, shebang. Tell me, do you get a feeling? Do you get a a vibe from the picture? Because when dogs stand and bark, you know, consistently at this thing, dogs sense energy. Now we discussed this before we did the podcast tonight, and it's dogs usually. If dogs bark to every single ornament in people's gardens, no, nobody would add ornaments or dogs because it'd be too much drama. They inherently, they naturally don't. And there's a reason why that this fella is saying, he told you, my dog does not stop barking at it. Well, to me, it's it's obvious. But look, it's your, it's your ornament, so we just have to take anyway, it as it is. That is the, uh, the update. I will keep you updated for all future revelations regarding the lion. So, we move on to part two of our haunted theatres um, extravaganza. <laughs> you can't even say the word right. Where? Extravaganza. Extravaganza. And I love that about you. You're so intelligent, but sometimes Extravaganza. You, you get words no, wrong. Listen, and I no, love it because no, no, you're so no. intelligent. But you know why? Listen, you're mm. not in the gay world. Listen, we're talking RuPaul's Drag Race. Oh, it's so extravaganza. that's what is it? Oh, okay. Sorry, I do apologise. Yeah. Yeah, uh, listen straight people i don't watch it i don't need to i've got freddie here most nights of the week so we're jumping in we're jumping in so you would have been here last week you'd have listened to episode one of haunted theaters if you haven't i recommend you take yourself back have a listen so you have an understanding for what's going to happen in part two dos I also said to Freddie at part one, I said, why didn't we mention Macbeth? And he said, well, to be honest, everyone, everyone knows, knows Macbeth. It. So that's why for the people listening, I won't explain that because right, there's other more interesting give, points. Right, but let me give you a very, very quick thing. Yes. When Shakespeare wrote Macbeth, he used real um, spells and curses in the play. Mm. Yeah, so, I mean, that weren't a good trade. Right. So in turn, when you know it is spoken it's a bad omen you just don't say it you don't say it in the theater um, and it's all correlated off the back of off the back of you the, the use of yeah. real curses and spells in the transcript yeah, which was, yeah yeah script whatever there's probably a more in-depth explanation of that online if you'd like it, Google I think that's it. the basics, but that's that's the basics. A real good insight. But that's but that's that essentially is why he we you, you real... don't you don't mention that because it's just a it's just a again a superstition bad omen. You know, same Macbeth in the theatre probably isn't going to cause it to set in flames, or whatever. Well, you... do you know? Just like people say, you just don't do Ouija boards. You just don't say Macbeth in the theatre. You just don't do it. It's not good... Anyone in the brain doesn't do it. Uh, Ouija boards, by uh, you know, but... and that's because you don't want to tempt fate. Well, even with Ouija boards, it's so much, so much tempting fate. It's like it's so bloody dangerous that it's it's, it's oh, ridiculous. Yeah, that's to, probably to challenge the dark. It's probably a, it's probably don't a bad example dark. to use, but yeah. you understand the sentiment. Anyway, we jump in. 
to our haunted theatres. We kick off. We, uh, it was a theatre that I mentioned in the last episode by mistake because I uh, went to use this in the last episode but didn't, but never corrected what my, yeah. uh, my writing. So we are going to the Belasco Theatre. In New York. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's in Broadway. It's a Broadway theatre. The Big Apple. One 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 West Forty Fourth Street between Seventh Avenue and Sixth Avenue, in the theatre district of Midtown Manhattan in New York City. Have you ever oh, been to New York? I would, Freddie. It's my literally number one on places to go on this planet. Is it really? Yeah, I so so. For Let years, me tell you, I've been to New York and I fucking smashed the life out of it. Right, listen, I've been to a lot of places in America, but the one place I just in my, I just can't. I just really. But listen, situations sometimes you can't do things. But no, we'll, New York. We will go. Is my number one place. We'll smash the life out of it. I, anything, everything. What do you think? Oh well, yeah. Us two English dweebs. Well, I went. And I had a fucking lovely time. <laughs> yeah, I know, but when you say smash, no. I shall tell you about. Well, I will let you all into a little story uh, of my time in New York City. Yeah, go on. I went with my mum. Yeah. Um. All I will say to you. Is that I have wet myself in the middle of Times Square. <laughs> well, you can't. <laughs> you need to give us more details on that. Me and right, Mum. How old were you at the start? Uh, 21. Right, so you wet yourself at 21. All right, now I'm interested. What was the backstory? Me and Mum went to. Um, is it Star, is Starlight Diner? Something like that. And it's like a broad. Not a Broadway diner, but it's 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 amazing. The food's lovely. Yeah. You'd go in and they do it's all these kind of people that are in the theatre or trying to get into yeah. and they do live theatre performances in the diner. Starlight okay. diner, something yeah. like that. Beautiful, wonderful. Me and Mum started drinking, had a nice time. We then ended up in um a place called uh Blazing Saddles. Well, that sounds great. You know, well, that just reminds me of baked beans. I promise you, I will take you because uh, it was fucking out of this world. It's um, a bar. Imagine Coyote Ugly. Yeah, with, yeah. With, but Movie, with men. Yeah. Oh. So topless uh, cowboys, they were setting the bar on fire. They I'm were there, dancing on there. the bars. I, I am there. All incredibly handsome. Um. It was an experience onto itself. So you and your mother both loved it. Oh course. yes, yeah. And um, well, listen, the not we got a little bit carried away. So you can imagine we went out Naturally. for dinner about seven. Well, at three o'clock in the morning, Mum fell over in Times Square. But there's lots of police around, and it's it, it's illegal to be intoxicated in public. Well, I think anyway. So I'm trying to pick her up, and she's like, "I can't get up. I can't get up." And I'm laughing and laughing and going, "Mum, you need to get up because I'm going to wet myself." Yeah. And well, anyway, oh, we're she, gonna get arrested. Yeah, and then she she did something, and then I just you released. Did, you did actually um, wet yourself. I had a pair of jeans on. I promise you, um, it probably looked a bit designer, if anything, <laughs> because I had one dark leg and one light leg. Uh, and that's the thing about friendship. It's like wetting your pants. Everyone can see it, but only you can feel it. Yeah, listen. Nobody cares what people want. There's a. And listen, and I did, and I I wet myself in the middle of Times Square. Um, and that's a story for you. Anyway, oh, what a digression. The Belasco Theatre. (laughs) 
<laughs> in New York. So, um, I would say relatively small theatre. So it has a thousand and sixteen seats across three levels. Yeah, that's I would consider that. In terms of when you think in, in the UK, our big theatres. Yes, yeah, I don't know because I'm not a theatre goer. <sighs> yeah, no, I'd I'd say I'd say it's a good size, but relatively small. Um, and you know the Belasco Theatre has become a New York City landmark in its time. Mm. It's 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 a it's a popular location. It's very well known. It's quite a historic site. Um, it's been there for a long time. It's part of the, I want to, I don't want to say skyline because it's not the skyline, but you know, it's part of the um, landscape, mm. I would say. So the Belasco's most famous, most famous, famous ghost is by um, the one-time owner and namesake, David Belasco. And mm. he was known as the Bishop of of Broadway. Now, I did have a picture, but I've taken it off. But I will tell you. So he he would wear like a, a cassock, like a priest cassock. And he'd had the dog collar and everything. And that's, he'd wear it every day. Was he a man of God? No. Or, no, no, he it, just did it, that because he... I don't know if it was ironic for irony. I, I'm not too sure. But that's... he. That wouldn't be allowed these days. So I assume we're talking about... Oh, this is early yeah early 20th century yeah i would i might it might be late 19th century mm. but um yeah that's he was known for donning yeah that kind of wear yeah as a man of god yeah well listen i might try it you never know but anyway he was heavily involved in the construction of the building and it wasn't named the Belasco Theatre at the time, but very shortly after, mm. you know, he named it after himself because, you know, why wouldn't you? But there was all good reason for that because um, David Belasco was very, very successful um, and he had written dozens of passionate melodramas in yeah. his time. And two of which inspired really famous operas. One of them is Madama Butterfly. Right. You know that one. Or Madame Butterfly. Madame. For those Madame. who don't talk. All right. And, and the is other he? one is <laughs> La Fanchula del West. Fanchula. It's a good yeah. word. Anyway. So he like he wrote these um, these plays and they've inspired some fantastic works of art from that. So he's he's a big deal. He's a he ain't no two bit yeah. dickhead from around the corner. Yeah. Um, he loved the theatre so much. He he spent every waking minute there. So he he would work there. He would write there. He managed there. He was directing the plays there. It was his life, wasn't it? It was his life. But he also lived there. So there was an he an apartment built yeah, for yeah. him um in in the theatre building. So I saw a video clip and I watched it online. Um it's disused now. Mm. They don't allow people to go into it, but it was like a special magazine interview yeah. or whatever. Well let me tell you. I've never seen, if I lived there, I'd, I'd die happy. 
his dining room was like double vaulted. It was like a church. Opulent. Oh, listen. If they was to rent that out now in yeah. the middle of New York City in the location yeah, yeah. it is, oh, listen, you'd be charging serious like money, yeah. $100,000 a day. I, mm. I don't know. It was ridiculous. It was like opulence beyond belief. Mm. The size of it, you know, it was just beautiful. It was amazing. Yeah. Amazing, amazing. It's it's in dis, uh, disrepair now, you know. Well, it's, it's not used, you're saying? It's not used. What a shame. Not used. Shame. Huge shame. But what would well, you use it for? I, I say it's not in use. He's probably using it, so. Oh, yeah. Listen, David's having a nice time up there. Disco dancing. Um, But, yeah, it's, it's in complete dis, disuse. Um. But he had a lovely time in life and continues to have a nice time in the afterlife. Mm. He appears much as he did, um, very, very tall, tousled hair, wearing his um, cassock and yeah. a dog collar. And again, living up to his Bishop of Broadway name. Um, those that have seen him but didn't know or understand the story or the, you know, behind him, Yeah, have nicknamed him the Monk because right. of his appearance. Of course, because, yeah. because of how he's appearing. So he's all, he's known as the Monk um, in and around. So shortly after his death in 1931, he become to be, be very active um, in the theatre. So actors stepping out on the stage would suddenly notice a lone dark figure sitting up on the balcony watching them um and that and that is still well known today that's still something that happens now mm. people rehearsing or even in performance and um, there will be a figure Do you know what i feel uncomfortable about this story you're telling maybe a bit old-fashioned or just my beliefs but i just don't like and I know it was in jest then, or or, or within theatre, or poetic license. It was just as a. I don't priest. like. No, I don't like it, because priests, vicars, they study so hard. They're they're genuine, you know. I mean, I don't believe all in the but you know. He probably done it to be ironic. Do you know but, what I mean? You know, I just it, it just doesn't sit well with me that that, that and I know it's politics from years ago. It doesn't matter now, but it just doesn't sit well with me that the same as. Uh, an, an actress or a theatre girl would dress as a nun. Well, it's a sacred order. It's a sacred vows. Uh, listen, it doesn't matter for this story, but I'm just saying personally, um, I, I don't uh, like that. Uh, well, we... Nah, that's but, all. No, but no, because me, it, if somebody poses as a teacher or a nurse or a doctor, to me it's the same. I mean, don't do it. You never. But that's a, you know that's a valid argument. You know, if I pose as a doctor, anything, if I yeah. pose as a doctor and tried to treat someone, well, listen, that's fucking out of order. Yeah, but that's because, what I mean. Because but... I'll go. But it's not life or death, is it? Yeah. But no, it's, I'm just but saying, it's a... anyway. Well, anyway, listen, it's, a story. Oh, it's the politics. Yeah. But anyway, this ghost mm. figure um, is known as well to walk up to, sorry, walk up to actors, shake their hands, and telling them how well they're doing. Yeah. Um, it is. Happened so frequently that more than one actor has filed complaints with the house manager that an old man dressed as a priest has approached them 
told them how well they're doing and then pinched their bums. Oh, stop it, son. They will start them on a whole different... So I think maybe in his time, oh. because of how successful he was, maybe um, as successful people did and still do, use their position to their advantage and, um, you know, he's pinching their bums and that. Oh, I don't like that. I don't, I don't think I'm going to comment. I don't want to throw accusations. The man's dead and there's no evidence. But listen. No, but it's a connotation well, of current. So. And in spirit, he's still carrying on and doing what he's oh. doing. Dirty old man. Anyway, people who were unfamiliar with this yeah. were completely horrified. Yeah, um, like you would be. And completely it terrified them. However, there are many, many people, many veteran actors and actresses um, who have worked there or have worked in the industry who understood and knew about this incident and they they took it as a good omen. But yeah. th that's how often it happens. Yeah. That's how often, from off the back of what we're reading, we're reading what other people say, mm. um, that this is supposed to happen. So, yeah. Now, let me ask you. You are an actress. You have heard the stories of the Blasco that the man comes, he's dressed yeah. as a priest, he comes and shakes your hand, tells you how well you're doing, has a little feel of your bum. Now, if 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 you are stood there as an actress and you know the story, and you see a man dressed as a priest approach you, do you take that as a good omen, or do you think, "Fuck, Look, what's going on"? You're talking about these days. This happened a long time ago. If you were to ask me now, if I was in that theatre right now. And a man is a priest. Listen, it doesn't matter. He, he could have been in an outfit of God knows what. But when a man pinches your bum, it's a no-no from me. Absolutely 100%. Oh, 100% oh, because he's so, uninvited. Regardless of what he was dressed in, I think it potentially no, but, makes but no, it but, no, but it's not about what he's dressed in. It's because you know the story. You know that there is a ghost of a man who dresses as a priest. Yeah. Now, you're stood there. With your bunch of flowers in your hand, you've had the most, you know, the most brilliant opening night. Yeah. And then you see a priest approaching you, and mm. but you already know the ghost story. Would you consider that a good omen? Would you think, or would you think, oh, hang on a minute, that's a ghost? It depends how if they were see through. It, it, it depends if they were a real life one or not. You know, you, you're saying if if a priest approaching approach me. It would depend if, if I knew and understood if it was a real life one or not. Yeah, but how many priests are going to the opening of um, Shrek the Musical? I don't know. Do you know what I mean? Like, you've got an understanding, a knowledge. I would say, the answer to your question, is if, if, if I knew and recognised, because I'm a human being and I've got eyes... But if, there's, if picture, there's, pic physical... there's pictures of this man as well. So if you was in the industry and you weren't nearby you and you knew the story, your interest would peak and you'd look at an image of him. So now let me let me change it. So 
the so you're saying i, I know he's a so you you look at that and you know and you understand and you think right i know exactly who that is would you accept the handshake would you accept what was happening or would you freak out the moment you saw it if i saw the ghost coming up to me i've seen many ghosts i'd accept the handshake but if he tried to do the pinch on the arse thing then i'd get my sage out and try to well, you wouldn't. We have a bunch of flowers in your hand. This is what I'm saying. So he approaches actors and actresses. <laughs> All right, okay. And shakes around and goes, oh, you've... Fantastic, fantastic, um, fantastic performance tonight. Well done. Little grab. But if I saw him... If I, if I knew, if I was an actor... Oh, listen, if it was a ghost or not, I'd, I'd try and up him one. And that, that's a fact of life. Now, if if my... Would you punch my, him in his yeah, well, yeah, and if it went went through his head, I'd realise he was a ghost. I don't get accepted a little pinch or a grab from any human being on the fucking planet. No, listen, I'm not saying would you accept a pinch or a grab. What I'm no, saying what is... I understand what you're saying, but it's, it's kind of one in the same question. But it ain't. Listen, I'm saying on approach, you recognise this man, you see him, he's a, an infamous figure. Yeah. Um, in the community, people know that he is a spirit, he is a ghost, yeah. and he comes, and he often... Yeah, so it'd be the same answer. Yeah. So even if I knew he was a ghost, I would So I would, you would, you I would, would love willing... the fact I was seeing him, and, and, and I would And I would you would accept his blessing, I'd accept or whatever. His blessings, but if he tried to pinch one in the arse, even if he's a ghost, I'd, I'd sage him. I'd, I'd his... frankincense him, I'd sage him. I'd throw salt in his head. Yeah, well, I would. Because listen, even ghosts, listen... Yeah, but you wouldn't do it on sight, would you? Because you'd be unarmed. Yeah, but of... you're asking me if I saw it on sight. What would I do? <laughs> yeah, but okay. Yeah, but you ain't got your sa- right. Can right, you whip your really sage out your pocket for me now, quickly? Have you even got any pockets? Okay, so if I saw right. him on the fact, sa- if I was an actress and it just happened, yeah. Well, then would you after he out- did it, I would say to him, I would, I, I, I would be outraged. Of course, I would. Even if a normal ghost <laughs> in any other place bloody pinched on the arse, I'll be exactly the same. Right. Dressed as a priest in a theatre or not. Jesus. Anyway, listen. That's a bit weird. Don't be pinching our bums when we come and do our our tour. <laughs> our tour of the Belasco Theatre. What we... would you do? Well, listen. You'd probably like it. Well, listen. Yeah, exactly. A little right. touch, a little... Ah. Right. Carry on. What's a little pinch Next. of bum amongst friends? That's Next. okay. <laughs> right. but listen, Please do not get offended by anything we say. This is not um No, listen, but when we when we come to do our live tours and we're in the theatres, <laughs> that's not an open invitation. It's only it's only the ghosties that can come and do that for me. Well, I'm a no, listen, but if listen, if I was in ghost that, or not, don't pinch I was, me on the bum. I'm if telling I was, you. If I was in that theatre and I saw a priest come up to me, I'd be out the fucking door. I'd say no thanks. It's a no from me. I've covered this already. You ain't coming near me. You ain't touching me bum. You ain't having an audience with Fred. Off you go. Okay. And that's that. But Fair anyway, enough. he is not the only spirit. In the Belasco Theatre. Naturally. Naturally. There's also a spirit known as the Blue Lady. Okay. Oh, that's unusual. That makes a change, doesn't it? White or grey. The grey lady, the white lady. The Blue Lady. Um, Now, it often appears as an icy, cold, blue mist. Mm. 
and has been seen on the stairways in the theatres and in the dressing rooms. Um, take from that what you will. There's no real reports of who they think it might be. I don't really know why they think it's a lady. It's a mist. Yeah. So I suppose they, they have the feeling of an energy of a female and, yeah. um, spirit. Because yeah. I would say definitely there is a difference between male and female, female oh, you energy. Can tell. You, you can, can tell. tell. Yeah, yeah. So we'll, we'll take that, but that, that is also seen and felt and acknowledged in that theatre as well. There is also, so you remember what I said about the, um, he had an apartment? Yeah, yeah. So there are reports of like absolute raucous parties. Well, there would be. Happening in the apartment. After death, of course. Um, we've... Lots of like feet stomping and pounding and like nineteen twenties swing kind of music happening. Do you remember, um, a few months ago we spoke about hotels pertaining to um, Jim Morrison the Doors, and it was the same thing. That was supposed to be in his hotel, and there were still parties. And of course, we discussed then. Um, they come back, and uh, you know, and you know that they live their life at same as Jim Morrison did. as our other episode. And the same city, yeah, they, they still uh, that's, carry on. That was Haunted Hollywood. If you want, if you haven't heard it, go back and listen to it. It's a fucking good episode. But so no, that, I can, yeah, I can get it. I can see it. Like, literally like a, a complete party. Not just like one man on his own in the kitchen. Like, it's jumping and it's hopping. They instantly think like, oh, goodness, like the people that work there are like, well, God, there's someone up there. Yeah. There's, there's people out there. Oh, oh quick, empty. quick, quick, yeah, quick, quick, yeah. quick. Get up there, get up there. No one. Empty. No one, yeah. Well, like I said to you, I, classic, I, I, saw, I saw the video footage of the place. It's absolutely desolate. It is like a, you know, bomb site. You've never seen anything like it. The paint's like falling off of the walls and stuff. There ain't no party going on in there. But it is like it is but like the noises going yeah. straight back then. And they still go to investigate. Nothing going on. Um, which I think's interesting. It's, it's just classic, I think. So there is more. So there is a lady who um, played Mina in Dracula, the musical, and she reported that Belasco does haunt the theatre. Um, so she quoted that my dresser, Kathy, saw him walk into a mirror the other day she thinks he lives in a mirror in the wall outside my dressing room. Mm. One night I forgot my coat and I turn, turned out the lights in my room. I turned back to get my coat in the dark and someone, who I assume is David, turned the small little table light on for me to see my way. As I opened the door to leave and was walking out, someone closed the door behind me on my way out. So he's been quite helpful. Yeah, I mean, again, I think, you know, people say mirrors. I think they're portals. I don't think spirits, you know, per se live in a mirror. I think they're portals. Um, but, yeah, what you've just said, I think, again, is classic haunting. I don't think it's anything that we haven't discussed before from multiple other locations. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I get it. I understand it. Um, another report. So, during the running of Passing Strange in 2008, Daniel Breaker, who um, plays uh, Donkey, 
in Shrek the Musical right. very well, um, said in an interview that one evening he was putting on his makeup in his dressing room mirror when he saw an old man with white hair sitting behind him, mm. which fits the description yeah. of, mm. of our man. Um, and he was silently watching him. When Daniel turned around to demand what he was doing there, as you would, the man who resembled um, nobody working on the show was gone. So he turned around, nobody was there. It didn't look like anybody. Um, so Daniel Breaker reported it to the um, house manager who, you know, runs runs the theatre. And all he turned around to him was like, well, you just saw uh, David Belasco. That's... Yeah, and what you got to remember is when these people are just about to go on stage, I, I knew a, a quite famous actor back in the day. And I remember people were saying to me, um, I used to say to him, oh, did you have a, or, you know, different situations, but would you have a glass of wine before going on set? He said, are you serious? He said, it's so heavy. It's, it's such a commitment. He said, you literally had to focus so much. Um, and he was in movies and everything, actually. He's quite, you know, well known. But my point is, you know, it's such a heavy job they have to do. They wouldn't have been sitting there off their nuts, you know, or anything else. And so I, I genuinely believe that people do see this and when they're shocked and, and they look behind them, you know, they, they didn't they didn't just knock out a bottle of booze or something, but it's classic through mirrors. I understand it's classic, but it happens. Again, it's just, it's, I, know, I know I keep on saying classic, but in all but the search we've done, it's classic. But to that's see what, we always say, mirrors. we always say like traditional hauntings where I would say the, the majority of my paranormal experience has been through reflective surfaces. It has been through mirrors and glass and mm. it's um I I don't know what I find worse because I've been in, in a situation where I've been face to face with Yeah. Something. But I've also been in a situation where I've seen something in a in a in a reflective um, I mean, I've never had that personally, but I can tell you from the cage, multiple, multiple pictures through years and years and years have reflected faces and things in a mirror, which I promise you weren't there at the time. So I understand that. I mean, most ghosts I've seen have been in real life, not through mirrors, but there's been so many pictures and evidence, even from my own houses, that, yeah, I get it and it does exist. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 it just happens. Well, that is the uh, Belasco Theatre, New York. We move on now. Um, I want... It's not across the pond. To the other side of the world, we're in New Zealand. Oh. It's our first New Zealand case location. Yeah. Um, so, we move on to now the St James's Theatre. So, it is... Um, really well known is in the capital so a brief history on it so the land that it was on uh, used to be a church and a volunteer hall um much of the building still stands but they've built on it and stuff yeah, is my yeah. understanding but that's what it was used for um, and it was bought by a really really famous entertainer in that part of the world called john fuller he bought it on the 23rd of December, 1899. Yeah. So Fuller made St. James 
really famous. Like he really, he was a really prevalent um, theatre builder, I yeah, would say, yeah. and built in and around 60 other theatres in New Zealand. Now, you've got to imagine, New Zealand is a relatively small... So he knew the, 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 the fella was oh, at the top of his tree. Yeah, listen, theater, yeah, top yeah. of the tree. So he revamped, he revamped it um, in 1903 and um, renamed it His Majesty's Theatre. And most people called it Fuller's because it was his. Yeah. That yeah. was his like, main, yeah. main place. Um, it was mostly used for pantomimes and light-hearted entertainment and a Cleopatra act. So... There's a really famous UK act, Cleopatra act. Do you know what I mean? When I do the sand dance. Yes, I do. So yeah. it's so it was used for that kind of thing. Um, all um, kind of more serious, more um, productions, especially opera, were reserved exclusively for the Wellington Opera House because Fuller was the um, director there. So he okay, would yeah. so he would save all the serious stuff for yeah. the big place and this was his like have have a laugh, yeah. have a bit of fun. Um it was until nineteen eleven that it was declared a fire hazard and then demolished. Yeah, okay. Or parts of a bit demolished after this um fuller declared listen i'm going to build a new theater and it's going to be the best best theater in new zealand and they opened it in 1912 and then they called it um st james theater yeah so fuller died in 1923 and it's had several owners since um in the 1930s though Theatre fell on hard times. It was turned into a cinema. Yeah, like 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 a lot of them. Um, it it became a performance space again after World War Two. I know it's had a real like um up and down history. I know they almost demolished it in the eighties, but lots of the community got together and saved it and saved it. And you know now it's been re kind of. Um, rebuilt into this amazing space, amazing performance space. It's like in the heart of the district, and it's a real known. Um, yeah, thank God. Theatre now. Um, so there is the most famous ghost. So there's a, a a few, but the most famous ghost is that of Yuri, and Yuri is the spirit of a Russian performer who supposedly fell or jumped from the fly floor above the stage. Mm. He was killed instantly. Um, but there are rumours that he was pushed by a another female Russian performer named Pasha. Was he acting at the time? Was the theatre live at the time? Or was this after I, I tried to curtains look for, down? I tried to look for this. I haven't the answer for you. Right, OK. Um, my assumption is it was during performance time. Okay. That is my From assumption. From your research, yeah. Okay. Um, so there's a few theories. There's one that he was pushed by Pasha. There's one that it, it was an accident. He fell. Mm. But also it is said that he was infatuated with one of the dancers and they 
avoided his advances um, in favour of one of the electricians at the theatres. And they believe that he maybe jumped out of despair from the rejection. I would say it was probably more a murder. I, re I would but go more of a push. Who knows? Listen, I, I who knows? Who knows? I don't know much about Pasha, but either way, bitch. We hate her. We hate Lord Pasha. Have mercy, Freddie. We hate her. Bitch troll from hell. <laughs> we, well, it, it might not have been her that was involved in it. Well, well I don't like her either way. <laughs> but young Yuri yeah. is a really, really, um, again, friendly, happy spirit yeah. in the theatre. Very active, um, but... Um, Surely wouldn't that tell you from what we know about researching for years and years and years his ghost stories is that if he um, was pushed and before his time, he would have been more a negative spirit. But if yeah. he's a happy spirit, maybe it was, um, just it was an, an accident. accident. You know, and he, he just... And you he know, just carries on. Yeah. I, I hear you. I'll take because, that. You know, you know, if it's bad and the bad intent, it carries right. on throughout the afterlife. Pasha, so. the Russian Russian bitch, is no longer a bitch. She's yeah. okay. Uh, can you make an official apology, please? Uh, uh, Pasha and family, I'd like to apologise. Don't think it was you. Don't think you're a bitch. You're all right. Um, I think if he, if he if he's he's a naturally nice spirit maybe it was an accident and he just carried on you yeah know, there, no there i no, understand there's no bad intent with him that there's no negative with him but anyway young yuri yeah he is really well known for playing around with the electricals yeah and the lights so he's really infamous for turning um so the cleaners will go in turn the lights off do their business turn the lights off leave it he'll turn them turn straight them back, back on. on yeah he goes oh i'm not ready yet he turns them all back on. Um, so that would be a mischievous spirit. He's mischievous, yeah. I would say. But he's also very well documented to saving people's lives. Really? So he Tell saved me. the same stage projectionist's life twice. Here's the first story. Right, go. So the man was looking for a light switch after the auditorium was in complete darkness and he was suddenly pushed backwards really forcefully by something unseen. Yeah. When the lights were back on, he realised he would have fallen into the orchestra's pit if he hadn't been pushed. But again, that tells me that he died by accident. So he's saving people. He died by accident because he's saving people that could potentially could have died or been injured by accident. But, uh, the same um, yeah. thing as him. Yeah. Um, Another occasion with the same person, he was on stage with his infant son um, and he had him in his arms when suddenly he heard a beam collapse right above his head. Again, he was pushed out of the way by an unseen force and his baby son was carried through the air for about three metres by an unseen force. Yeah, I believe it. Yeah, both yeah. of which were fine. They was both fine. So he's a protective spirit. And again, that tells me he must have died by accident. He, he's, he's protecting he, people he's protecting, from the same yeah, fate yeah. as him. And I know there's poetic licensing and stuff. I don't think there was any bad drama to this. I think it was by accident. So he still stays there now to protect people that, that, that didn't before the same fate as him. Because theatres are a dangerous place. Yeah, they are, they are incredibly dangerous. I mean, and they not, still not, are. 
They still are. Well, I not was about so, to say not so much now. Not so much now, but there are still risks. Yeah. And, you know, they're very dark and it's all dimly lit and there's lots of doors in but this. in the old and, days, of course, Oh, in the old days, well fuck, well, fuck me. That's, feet has burned down every every two days because, yeah. you yeah. know, it's they were real hazardous places. Um, and then we've spoken before about um, the trap doors where people have accidentally died. Back in the day, it wouldn't happen now. Or it'd be very, very rare. Very rare. Yeah. Mm. Oh, Jesus, I just jumped it as a shadow. Oh, yeah. From my own arm. I thought it was a fly or something. Go, this no, is a fly it was beyond. Look, look. I saw that out of the corner <laughs> of my eye and I went, oh, Jesus. Because listen, when we talk about this spooky stuff, doesn't mean to say we're not kind of aware. Oh, God. Listen, I'm not he hyper just alert. Smacked me. Right. But there was another ghost at the theatre. Known as the Wailing Woman. Yeah. <coughs> so, so that was a crying woman, a wailing crying woman. Yeah, so she can be seen and heard throughout the entire theatre. She's not kind of relegated to one kind of area. Mm. She often wails and moans, hence wailing, wailing woman. So the story goes. I'm just taking a, taking a swallow. She used to be an actress who was ready to make her comeback. But unfortunately, during her comeback, she was booed off stage. Oh. So she went and she committed suicide. She she couldn't she couldn't bear it, she couldn't live yeah, with it. Yeah. Um and and obviously she died. She committed suicide. So that is the that is what they believe is the cause of the way the woman. backstory from There's, her? I couldn't find anything. Again, I tried to, I tried to find, who was the woman? What actress was it? What did, what was she playing in? What was her comeback? What was the play? So it's a legend, essentially. I would theater. say it's a bit of a legend. However, the Wailing Woman targets female actresses majority of the time. Um, and it's thought that her ghost causes many of the unfortunate accidents and mishaps that happen around the fear as a form of vengeance. So actresses will often um, suffer from sprained ankles from being pushed by an unknown force, will fall from ladders and steps being pushed by an unknown force. Yeah. There are sudden um, actresses and actresses, actors and actresses, act, act, just actresses will experience colds and throat infections rendering them unable to perform or sing properly. I think it's like going back to the last two podcasts we've done. What happens pertaining to the to, to, to the human who, who died and comes back in spirit, they kind of put on to the living. So if it was an accident, it was an accident. If it was a murder, that they, they could be hostile. And, it, and it, you, know, you know, it does kind of, if you were to add it all up in maths, so she's, go in a she, theme. She went with some malice in her. Yeah, yeah. So she, so she, she thinks we're well, missing. Oh, well, I had my comeback and they yeah. put me on stage. Why should you? Yes. Why yes. should you have a That's good what performance? I'm saying. Yeah. Listen, let me make your room extra cold so you get the flu. Yeah. I don't know, but anyway, um, so Peter Jackson, mm. do you know Peter Jackson, filmmaker, director, done fucking um, Lord of the Rings. Right. Yeah. Uh, King Kong. Yeah, big, I love King yeah, big, yeah. big name. He has encountered the Wailing Woman. So many, many years ago, 
Um, he was staying in an apartment across from the St. James Theatre and he experienced a woman standing at the end of his bed crying and screaming. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he considered it to be connected with, with that. Mm. Interesting. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, it is interesting. So, as well, the American actor Stan Andrews is also said to haunt the theatre. People say that they can hear him wheezing and coughing in the backstage corridors. There's also the ghost of a tall, thin man in about his 30s. Um, he's been seen really frequently as well. But the And this is the best, best bit. This is the most yeah. amazing thing. There is meant to be an entire boys' choir that haunts the theatre. So, well, surely that would be residual energy. Uh, then this is what I'm saying. I think it's residual energy. So during World War Two, um, the entire uh, St James Theatre choir performed before setting off on tour on the boat. The boat never ever reached its destination and the boys were never found. Oh no. But the staff still hear them singing in choir, in performance, in the auditorium, and it is so loud and so booming. Oh god, that's giving me it's, so it's not just one person that's singing. Giving me chills. It's an entire choir. And when they go in and investigate, so say they hear it, they'll go out into the stage and then they'll but the sound will move then it will be out in the hallway yeah so the sound will move but it will continue for a whole performance now choirs yeah are like the sound of a choir is really haunting already isn't it i would consider it's a, a, absolutely yeah n now to hear that in a spectral form can you imagine being in a theater as a you know, um, security guard, usher, you know, I don't know, people that backstage staff, anyone who's in a theatre after hours, and to hear the sound of an entire choir singing. I'm trying to think about it as we're, we're talking about it. I mean, if we, if we go back to source, father, God, whatever you want to call it, no, in your days, your day, no, that entire choir was going to leave anyway. I mean, but that's as... powerful stuff. I mean, I totally get it because we, we, we've heard about it in many other cases before. But, yeah, all those... <clears throat> but as well, yeah. them, them, them <laughs> boys, them men, they're singing knowing that they're leaving. It's not as if it's a freak accident and they've all died. They're, it's their... It's a last last performance before they go to war, before they go said, to fight. No, I wouldn't say all those boys knew they were going to leave because they wouldn't have got on the... They, they wouldn't no, have... but, but you, you know, you don't go to war... No, yeah. ...thinking, oh, yeah, great, fantastic, I can't wait. I just think the energy before leaving must have been so strong, it replays, replays, replays. Yeah, because that's a, that's a last performance. Yeah. That's a... Very powerful... Very powerful, and actually, I think from everything we've done and everything we've researched, all of our experiences collectively that we've had, I th I would consider that to be. Um, if I experienced that myself, maybe it's very top, spiritual, you know. It's top five kind of <sighs> scary isn't the word. It's not the word. 
it's it's spiritual and haunting haunting and that's and, and uh, you know we can all experience things in a lifetime you know you can you can you can feel haunted but yeah, without absolutely. it being paranormal yes 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 yeah. but i feel for, i, know what you mean, I yeah. feel for that to to if i was to experience that after the my lifetime already oh listen that would that would that's another level isn't it yeah i don't the word haunting means more than haunted it means yeah. it's, a, it's a feeling it's haunting yeah and i would say definitely in this case if you hear that it is haunting yeah 100 percent. and um we left that to last on that theater because i although there's other spirits that are more active i feel that that is the it's not even the most terrifying it's i no, don't it know it just gets you it just gets you i understand that yeah it just gets you so i move on now to our last theater okay it's the playhouse in liverpool not the playhouse in colchester which is the weather spoons by the way <laughs> <laughs> many a night i've spent in the playhouse in colchester having a nice time but now we're in the playhouse in liverpool so very very brief history before i get on to some of the activity so the present theater on the site was designed by a man called edward davies and it opened in 1866 and it replaced an earlier theatre called the Star Concert Hall. The present theatre mm. was originally called the Star Music Hall. And in 1895 changed its name to Star Theatre of Varieties. Yeah. And um, the theatre was improved um, in 1898 by a man called Harry Percival. And they added an auditorium and a foyer and electricity was first introduced. In 1911, the Repertory Theatre, Liverpool Repertory Theatre Limited was established. Um, but the company couldn't afford to build any theatre, so bought the Star Theatre for £28,000, which is the equivalent to £2,920,000. Yes, yeah, so it's a lot of money. I'd like to know where they got it, because Liverpool, infamously, isn't the richest. It's quite a deprived area, mm. so I'd like to know how they got the Maybe money. Maybe it was an investor or something. Well, you never know. But um, Repertory Theatre, which I found out today, is so they have one company of actors, and they put on lots of different performances. Yeah. As opposed to like. Uh, you know, like West End Productions, they have new casting every time. Yeah. This yeah. one, they have stock. Yeah. So, yeah. And um, some of the people that come from that, the one that I can remember is uh, from Keeping Up Appearances, Mrs. Bouquet. Oh, she's my she's, hero. She, I love she's, her. She started here. This Hyacinth is, Bouquet, yeah. Hyacinth Bouquet. This I is, know, I know, I can't remember it right this very minute, but uh, I love her. I love something. But this is she this is where she started, this is where she got her big break. Um there's a there's a ton. Uh, Anthony Hopkins. Wow. Um was somebody else. But lots and lots of big, big stars yeah. have started off in this location. Fantastic. Um it, by all accounts, a fantastic theatre, um, fantastic productions. 
real... Obviously very professional, they're not there. Very, doing... very professional, they know what they're doing. Now, there is a few ghosts that haunt this location, but there is a main one. And that is a woman called Elizabeth. And she was a cleaner. Mm. Uh, and in 1897, when it was a musical and variety theatre, yeah. Elizabeth was on stage doing her business, cleaning up and doing whatever, and the fire iron came down on the stage and struck her. And she fell into the orchestra pit and broke her neck. Mm. So this is the interesting bit. So her death was recorded as an accident, but the fire iron at the time was all water-powered and needed someone to operate it. So yeah. she was murdered. Yeah. By somebody. So the fact is, it needs someone to operate it, unless there had been a I say murder, malfunction. A manslaughter, whatever. No, it needed someone to operate it for, for that to happen. Yeah. But her ghost is still said to haunt the theatre's gallery level, specifically CA5 which is always very, very cold and is always particularly, uh, there's a feeling attached mm. to sitting in that seat. She was last seen quite a few years ago, but she was last seen sitting there by the actress Pauline Daniels. I googled her. There's nothing she's been in that you would know, but mm. she's, a, she's a, a particularly well-known actress. And this was in 1996. Um... You know, I, I can imagine they probably still feel her, but yeah. she was last seen yeah. or last reported to be seen in that time. There is also, wait for it, a mm. grey lady mm. who haunts the theatre. Uh, it's the ghost of an elegant upper class woman. Who, and she used to come to see plays on her own in the early days of theatre, which was very, very unheard of at the time. Yeah, of course, without a you male always, escort. Yeah, always yeah. meant to have an escort. Um, you can see her, look out for her, uh, wandering around um, from the stall's coffee bar area and into the stall's seating area. And she's often seen wearing a grey coat and hood. Um, also as well... When locking up, the front of house staff have um, seen a gentleman in a stovepipe hat running down from the fire exit from the gallery level. Um, they off, they well, of course, they follow him every time, but there's nobody there. Um, the exit only leads out onto William, Williamson Square, um, and they look out, nobody there. And to uh, a stovepipe hat, it's very, <laughs> no one's wearing it now. Is what I will say. Mm. Um, the story behind that is, is that years ago, a man took his daughter in a red dress to see a show at the playhouse. He went to the toilet, and when she, when he came back, she was gone, and he's been looking for her ever since. Um, there's also it's, it, this is quite well documented, but um, there was a refurbishment there in 1999, and the workmen, all of them down tools because they were so scared from everything that was happening they refused to work there yeah um and they were seeing ghosts and again you're there talking about alpha males alpha males they, listen they've got him to do a job and they've went no i ain't doing yeah. it no more yeah. um taps were being turned on there was someone in the basement doors were being slammed open and shut do you know, I think they were for, seeing ghosts. It was they were not having a good time in there. You know, I, I think for a lot of cases we talk about over the the last year and more, 
um, is when workmen, alpha males that, that are always does it chippies, me. Metal, whatever they're doing, and they're earning their crust because it's a job, um, a job and knock or or it's, or it's a paid job. And to leave, and when that. they leave it, then that might, they they may not have a job for another few weeks. And you know, and they're all together. They're alpha males, and, that, and, and, that, that's, and, that, and that's and that's for me some of the re- most. And even personally, I've spoken to people. The most real experiences are males who go in to do the plumbing or the electrics or the building work and say, I can't understand this. I'm too scared. I, I can't carry on. And that's, and, and, and that's again, yeah. it does it for me as well. Yeah, and yeah. listen, these men down in tools meant they weren't being paid. They have to They've, go back to their wife and say, saying, right, I can't listen, provide. Because, yeah. because them doing that has real world Of course impacts because they're not there's mortgages to be paid rent yes. to be paid council tax electric Kids water it, everything yeah. y- yes uniform food them doing that has a real knock-on effect so what they had experienced in that time had to be that serious that they would happily go home to their girlfriend wife kids and rather cop it and, and can't cop afford it. to pay then go and, back to a location yeah, and struggle through yeah. rather than have to deal with what was going and on Freddie, the amount of times we do this podcast how many times do we talk about this all the times oh the men down tools the men down tools and you know there are serious ramifications for the um location owner but of course, they're working themselves. Men, you know, men and women don't do that when when for the location. I know it's, it's very minimal impact because listen, there's enough people in this world that you can. There's always somebody else that will come in and do the job. For them, men, them workers, them ones that are being paid to for them to money. do that. That's especially that's massive. we talk about hundreds of years ago. Men down tools. Well. You, <laughs> Listen, it doesn't happen unless it's serious, unless it, that they are terrified. Where they're, I just can't. And I know back. it's, I know it's a stereotype to say, oh, you know, builders and that, yeah, they're made of tough stuff and whatever. Yeah, but it's fact. But you it's know, because they are. Naturally. You know, yeah, men that do them kind of jobs, and it is a fact, are traditionally, um, you know don't really entertain that they kind don't of stuff they yeah. don't really and we're talking from experience listen we know enough tradesmen amongst yes. us listen we know and it ain't as if i know one electrician and one plus we know and also by doing this we've interviewed up team people, people and we've had enough stories where they say well it was my job and um whether it, whether it was in a big location where there's multiple of them or one on their own and they say well, we're not going back it doesn't normally happen because they all need to earn their own fiver, and uh, everyone has to earn a crust. And yeah. if if you turn that down because of the situations and circumstances that are going on, well, let me tell you. And in my experience with builders and men like that, if, if it was a human being, they'd fight it. They might come unstuck a human being, but well, listen, a ghost. They, they, but, they, 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 but, but you know, even conditions. My dad gets up at four o'clock in the morning and goes works in like sub-zero conditions. And he'll do that because that's yeah. his job. Yeah. That's what he does. But if he saw, he's digging up the the motorway and he saw a nun walking across the road and he went, no, fuck that. Well, yeah. listen, you know something's, you know, where, you know something's, something's not right. That's where it scares tradesmen, alpha males, you know, that, that are providing where they say, sorry, darling, I, I can't go back. That, because they can't yeah. fight it. They don't understand it, so they just don't want to. Re- so they have to leave, and it happens so many times in our investigations, doesn't it? In the people we talk to. Correct. 
Well, anyway, listen, that concludes our Haunted Theatres part dos. We may be, we, we may revisit um, this topic again in the future. It's a huge, huge topic. Yeah. Um, there's more than five haunted theatres in the world. I've just picked a selection. Maybe we will revisit some some more in in the but future. You know, what? I'm just but... talking about this. The amount of the amount of tradesmen that I spoke to personally, whether in, in whether it's carpentry or plumbing, and they left a house or a job because of something they couldn't <clears> see and they couldn't fight. Maybe that's another interesting one to ask people and to say, you know, you're a tradesman, you went to do a job and then you saw something. And there's so many of them. We but will do that. We will do that. It's another thing to, to look tra- at, potentially. A, a tradies yeah. um, episode. But anyway, um, yeah, Haunted Theatres Part 2. There may well be Part 3 in the future. Um, stay tuned and, and find out. But as always, I will say, please, please, please follow all of our social medias to stay update with upcoming things and, and what we're doing. And also we post pictures of of um, what is going on in the episode so you get a little bit more of an understanding. So that is on Twitter. We are the Haunted Pcast. On Instagram, we are the Haunted Podcast Official. On Facebook, we are the Haunted Podcast Official. You can follow us on TikTok as well. And that is the Haunted Podcast. We sometimes record live um, and stream live on TikTok as well. So make sure you follow that so you can keep up to date with all of them things as well. You can email us direct at thehauntedpodcastofficial at gmail.com. And again, I will say it as I do in every episode. We are longing to build this platform and to build what we do and to build the podcast if you are in any position to donate any amount of money to to help us do that we would be over the moon and more than appreciative you can do that via paypal at the haunted podcast official at gmail.com listen i don't want anyone in this world to donate to us more than a fiver because no one's got more than a fiver. Yeah, these but, days. But listen, if you would happily sit down with me and buy me my coffee, then send me the money instead. Because yeah. I'm not going to sit down with you and have a coffee. You know, listen, if you're a millionaire, though, if you're Jeff Bezos, please donate £25,000. <laughs> I'm not saying you can't, but I'm just saying, real, real, real talk here, real people, you know, People can't spare a fiver. We so, get that, but at the same time... We're, we're, we're... But everyone can spare a quid. So, listen, if all you thousands of people listening to us could spare a pound, well, let me tell you, we'd be the best podcast in the world. We'd be on location every day doing what we want to do and giving you the best content you can have. So, um, if you can, I'll post the... Um, the link, if you can't, don't worry, you can still listen to us. That's all right. Just spread the word. Tell all your workers, everyone you work with, your aunties, your uncles, your grannies, your dads, your mums, your neighbours, the people on the school run. Say, tell them all. Say, listen to the Haunted Podcast official. And that is more than our money's worth. All right. Listen, we love you. We appreciate you. Be good. Be safe. Be honest. Um... 
And we'll, we'll see What's you your all. passing word? Well, just, just please keep on listening. You know, we try our best and just keep on listening. Right. Ta-da. <laughs> well, you say all the big good bits. Ta-da. <laughs> Friends are hard and times are few. Ta-da to you.